It is time for Kill You With Truth Afternoons with Mac and Nate and Chad. Now, first of all, guys, we'll get into the Broncos and what's going on here in a second and our predictions for that Packers game. But don't you want to say something to me as we... Yeah, you look like a child. What's going on with your face? What'd you do? Like a child. What'd a you bit. do? A little bit. Well, because um, when I grow a beard, it's never a look, it's laziness. Now, this is the epitome of laziness. I only get my hair cut once every two months, and I just don't shave for that two months. And then when I go to wherever I go to, I have another human being just take care of me. Completely. Mac, you... Does that, does that extend all the way down your body to all the other hairs? It does, Nate. Um, okay. And that is an awkward process at a place that you just get a haircut once you yeah. take your shirt and your pants off. <laughs> yeah. They do manscaping as well there. It's really nice. You know, I was hoping they would, but that was a step too far. Speaking of a step too far, um, the Packers, let's just jump into it, guys. In terms of this game against the Packers for the Broncos, Chad, what do you see? What do you think? Uh, gosh, with the Broncos playing the way that they've played the last couple of weeks, the defense has been better, particularly last week against uh, KC in the red zone. Uh, the Packers offense under Jordan Love hasn't exactly been great. Um, so as poorly as the Broncos have been and as poorly as they played, I give them a legitimate shot in this game. Uh, there's a lot left to be desired about where the Packers are right now. I think this Jordan Love era is off to a bit of a, a shaky start. Uh, so because of that, um, I've got the Broncos actually getting a victory here. Can you believe that? Wow. Uh, 17 to 13 for wow. the Broncos. Two touchdowns, a field goal, limit the Packers to just a touchdown and two field goals. Nate Jackson. Yeah, man, Packers not impressing me a lot. They had a nice first game. Jordan Love had a comeback, like an 18-point comeback. It was the biggest comeback ever or something like that for the Packers. And ever since then, it's kind of been, meh, you know, for the Packers and Jordan Love. And I feel like this defense, this Broncos defense, starting to click a little bit, could tee off on Jordan Love. I, I agree with Chad. This could be a get-right game for the Denver Broncos. But the funny thing is the Packers are saying the same thing. This is a get right game for us. Something's got to give. But what's going on with the Broncos and the locker room and stuff like this, um, a game like this could be a galvanizing moment for these guys. You know, with all that stuff going on with Jerry Judy, I do wonder if, if, if you can, all right, let me just ask this to you guys. As pro athletes, can you really galvanize, rally around each other against the muggles i mean can that be a serious rallying point like maybe even if you were ticked off at say jerry judy or another player and things weren't great there can you see what happened yesterday and just be like hey man that wasn't fair this is our guy can that actually work oh absolutely yeah screw these muggles man they don't know what they're talking about man they've gone too far it's about us in this locker room it's about what we know what we're doing. We know the work that we're putting in. They don't even know what they're seeing when they watch a game. These guys are so stupid. They look at the stat sheet, and they think that explains a football game. Come and sit in meetings with us every day. Look at film. You'll understand. These guys don't get it. Let's shut them up. Jack. Yeah, there, there, there's, a, there's an opportunity to galvanize almost virtually anything. I mean, I was part of the Patriots. We galvanized against Robert uh, Roger Goodell in the NFL around Spygate. 
<laughs> so the ability to get your team to rally and come together is not, you know, incredibly new or difficult in NFL football circles. And what that particular thing may be, it doesn't even matter. You just need to find a common enemy that has dissed that has disrespected us. It doesn't give us the credit that we are due. And certainly the Broncos feel that way about you guys, you muggles out there. And so, yes, you, DMAC, I'm talking to you specifically. So they can rally around that and use that as a cause within the locker room. And a skilled coach, which I think Sean Payton still remains a skilled coach despite uh, results this season, can use that and motivate his team and get something better out of them than what they've shown so far. Wait, God. Chad, real quick, real quick. How did you guys rationalize Spygate? What did you say about like, yeah, our coaches really care. They want to win. We Pretty, love these we guys. Just, it, we would, it, it was Teddy Bruschi after <laughs> kind of that first wave of information came out uh, after a, a, a victory we had. Uh, you know, how do we feel about having the best coach in the league? And the, the whole team's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so it, it was that moment from Teddy Bruschi, which turned this distraction into a rallying cry and a rallying point to defend our coach, who was, you know, at the time, I think he was still making 10 million bucks a year as if he needed some defense. Um, <laughs> that was exactly what that team needed and motivated us and pushed us through that undefeated season that didn't end up so undefeated at the oh, end. Hold on a second. You guys realized you were cheating though, right? No, we, we didn't think of it as cheating. We thought that we had the coach and the coaching staff that was willing to do whatever it took to win. And, you know, stealing signals, uh, as Michigan has is finding out currently in college football, there's a line. Can you steal signals on the sideline? You certainly can. Can you send a scout in advance, as Michigan did, to steal signals? No, you can't. So stealing signals is as old as sports. It's in, it's in every single sport. It's in baseball. It's in football. It's in all sports. But the leagues have certain lines you're not supposed to cross. And for the Patriots to steal the signals via using cameras and videotape, you were not allowed to do that. We didn't consider it. We didn't consider it robbery. We considered it creative acquisition of goods. That's all. There we go. Yes. Nate, did you ever have a, a rallying point on any of your teams? Like something kind of out of the, uh, out of the typical to rally around? Um, you know, when I, I, there was always a constant tension with the muggles. The muggles would, you know, jump on a piece of red meat and just all attack it w without context. And, you know, I sat in the locker room one time after it was in 2005. We ended up going 13-3. and We had a very good team. But I got into it with a local muggle because I didn't like the way he was questioning my buddy, Charlie Adams, who was a reliable player, very smart, caught everything, but had one sort of rough game. And this guy wanted to dig into him and ask him if he had lost the trust of his team and why he made that mistake and all these things. And I said, wait, 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 Frank, stop. And we got into it. And uh, I think, um, you know, teammates appreciate when we all identify this sort of issue. Um, and, you know, you can stop, you know, bitching at each other and you can start bitching at these guys who don't know what they're talking about, who stare at us naked every day. Wait, was his name really Frank? Frank Schwab, yeah. Oh wow, we're we're being specific. You, okay. you just asked me to. Oh, okay, no, I, it's fine. No it's it's water under the bridge between me and Frank. We worked it out, but and I wrote about it in uh, my book. Actually, this book right here. Uh, <laughs> slow getting up. I you love can get it. it on Amazon. Uh, but uh, no, Frank. Uh, Frank's cool, man. We squashed it, but yeah, no, he was he was poking the bear a little bit, and and just like you know, I didn't like it. 
Okay. Uh, do you feel that same way now, or do you, uh, as as your views on that, Nate changed? No, I, I I think they're the same. I think that you know, had I been in that locker room um, as a player, as a teammate of Jerry Judy, and as a you know a veteran who understood the Muggles, who understood their language and how to talk to them, that I might have you know I don't know I don't know what I would have done. But these guys get cornered. He got cornered, you know, and he was not prepared for it. And so um, that can feel like an attack on one of your brothers. And hopefully they can galvanize around that. Okay, um, so we all have the Broncos winning, which is wild. Um, what if they don't win, Chad? <laughs> it's not good. And if, if, if they don't win, then this Jerry Judy thing doesn't go away. It only gets bigger. Uh, this trade conversation only ratchets up. The pressure on Sean Payton, because, you know, at, at some point you can't go to, hey, look at what the Lions did last year. Because everyone can say, no, you guys are not as good as the Lions were. This possibility of turning things around goes away. You can't sell that message anymore. So then they've got to come up with a new message, which is incredibly difficult to do. So uh, this game, oddly, is you know one of those real precipice tipping point games where things have gone bad, and this is the opportunity to go either slightly better or literally to turn awful. Nate, yeah. they lose, and then what? Yeah, I just think about the home fans, and I think about Empower mm. Field and the Denver Broncos' traditional home field advantage that has evaporated over the last couple of years. They're 0-3 at home in yeah. Sean Payton's tenure. This is pathetic. You have people who, you know, uh, put a lot of stake into driving hours and hours to come bring their family to this event and to put a crappy product on the field game after game after game, just disappointing game after disappointing game. Uh it has to have a residual effect eventually. You're going to start having people fall off of their support of this team. Now, the diehards aren't going anywhere, but right. the enthusiasm for the team is going to continue to wane if you don't find a way to get a win at home. It's really important to get this. And then you and then you win, and next week you start feeling good, and you see there is a light at the end of the tunnel. We can make a playoff run. Let's go on a couple of winning. Uh, you know, don't laugh, Chad. It's going to be said. You know that because the Lions were this close to a playoff game last year and uh and the broncos could be in the same boat you never know you know that's an interesting point and we were talking out at dove valley yesterday about how sean payton of course likes dan campbell dan campbell was his tight ends coach and so that's a good reference for him to make but it also sets a bar like are you as as good of a coach as your you know protege dan campbell i mean can you get the same results a guy who was under you can get or are you going to continue to like lose to everybody, including uh, an ex Broncos ball boy and Mike McDaniel? So it's, it's an interesting thing to set up. Like, well, look at them. It's like, well, look at Nathaniel Hackett, how bad he was, and then you lost to the Jets. Well, look at what Dan Campbell did. He used to be one of my assistants. Well, if you can't sort of come into the same ballpark as 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 that, then who exactly are you? And so I, I think it's a good motivator. I think it sets a precedent for, hey, this can't happen. But it also sets a kind of a wacky, like, Chad, like, well, who the hell are you anyway if you can't achieve what these other guys have achieved? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the, that is the, the blowback when you set these, these straw men up there. You know, hey, this team did this. Well, your team is a completely different team, and you're in a completely different situation. And the reason why that team was successful was because they were losing, but they were losing close. They were very, very close, but it just took a, a little bit of a bump for them to get over the hump. 
Whereas this Broncos team has not been close. They've been uneven. If one side of the ball plays great, the other side of the ball plays terribly. So if you go look back at the Lions' schedule and how they played in the results last year, you can track their progress versus this Broncos team, which has been all over the place. Sometimes offense scores, sometimes they don't. Sometimes the defense plays well, sometimes they don't. It's a very different situation. So when you throw that out there, you open yourself up for that possibility that you are compared to this guy who was your assistant and you don't even come close to that. Humble pie for breakfast, humble pie for lunch, humble pie for uh, dinner and a nice big slice before bed. That's what Sean Payton has been eating game after game, week after week. He thought he was going to come in here and it was going to just be relative to his you know, experience in the past, it would, no, it hasn't been. This is a total, whole new ball game for him, and he's going to have to go back to the drawing board. And it would be fitting for him to lose to Dan Campbell. It just would be based on what's happened the first five or six weeks. Um, we hope he doesn't. But, look, this year is going to be a real big learning experience for everyone, but maybe no one bigger than Sean Payton. I'll tell you this. The Avalanche are on fire already this season. I was out there at the home opener last night. They were great. They played tomorrow night against uh, the Carolina. The Nuggets uh, won a preseason game that didn't really matter, but Jokic looked good. That's good. They start on Tuesday. My point is, you have two championship quali- caliber teams here in town already, guys. I mean, the Broncos are sadly dragging behind, but there may be other options. And, of course, we have CU, and hopefully it's not a beautiful meltdown for these last five games of the season. Hopefully they can use the stress and rally up, and we we wish them the best. But let's get into this weekend real quick. Chad, blow us away. What are you doing this weekend? I've got Tennessee at Alabama. Um, obviously, this game is not uh, the same heights of college football as it was last year where they put up an all-timer game, 101 points scored, 40-yard field goal, uh, kind of a walk-off thing to get Tennessee the victory, broke a 15-year losing streak. So uh, a little different stakes this year, but it's still going to be, uh, I think, a really, really good game. It's going to be a tremendous environment in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I am looking forward to anytime you get a chance as a broadcaster to do a game at an iconic college venue, it's always special because you park about a mile away, you walk through tailgates and alumni parties and all that, and it really sets the tone for for the, the, the awesomeness that college football is. So looking forward to that, and I think it will still be a pretty competitive game on the field. And there will be a number of good players on the field who will play in the NFL next year. Uh, both Tennessee and Alabama have some great edge rushers. Um, not that the Broncos are in currently in need. They've been getting rid of some over the last couple of weeks. Um, but if from a football fan perspective, you get a chance to see some good football and some guys who will be making an impact on Sunday next year. And the best name on that Alabama team is? Ooh, wow. Um, um, oh, come on. Kool-Aid, McKinstry. Kool-Aid. There we go. Nate, the dude's name is Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid, yes. DB, he's actually a really good player. I, I wonder if he walks into the room the same way the Kool-Aid man does. <laughs> uh, Chad, my question to you, when you're walking through those tailgates, do you stop and take a and take a keg stand ever? Is, is that-, uh, that would be frowned upon the keg stand, but I have had a, uh, a little brisket or a rib or a sausage bite. I am not opposed to taking some food from someone's yeah. when offered. I don't steal it. I take it when offered. Nate, the best thing you'll do this weekend is what? Well, you might be calling a pretty big game, Chad, but tonight I'm going to a bigger game, and that's Cherry Creek High School versus nice. I don't even know who they're playing, but my buddy Tyson Mock is a wide receiver for Cherry Creek. Uh, I'm going to take my family. We're, it's like senior night. 
and we're going to go support them. There we go. Fireworks, baby. It's happening at Cherry Creek. So uh, excited about that. Hey, that's at Stutler Bowl right down the street. And uh, go it. coach Dave Logan, who's a good buddy of all of ours. And yeah. that's Cherry Creek's. Do you know who they're playing? I don't. And, I and Johnny Love went to Cherry Creek. Wow. Johnny Love, he went to Cherry Creek. Look at that. Nate at Jackson, that. what is the nickname of Cherry Creek? I don't know. Just make up a name. It'll be funny. The Gauchos. I don't know. Cherry Creek Gauchos. See, I told you <laughs> that would be funny. Go Gauchos. Have fun in Alabama. Nate, enjoy Cherry Creek at the Stutler Bowl. Johnny, you've been a lifelong Gaucho, correct? He's nodding his head yes. And uh, we love you guys. We, we, we appreciate everybody hanging in there with us the best that you can. And we'll kill you with more truth starting on Monday. Check us out for instant reactions after the Avalanche game, after the Broncos game, and all of us back together on Monday. We kill you with truth. See you, fellas. See you.